Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. What the hell is that? My streak is broken. I have never bought a piece of merchandise from another college ever. Same. Never have yep. I purchased. My streak's still going. My streak is over. I purchased this hoodie from the University of California, Santa Barbara, because I had to go to my girlfriend's niece's graduation, and I thought it was going to be warm. <laughs> and when I got there... I realized two things. One, it was not warm. Two, I am a world-class pussy. <laughs> I respect that. I identify and with that. And I ran to the nearest merchandise tent and said, do you have any sweaters that have no insignia on them? Or better, do you happen to have an Indiana University hoodie? <laughs> the answer to both of those questions was an unqualified no. Yeah. This was the cheapest one they had. Mm -hmm. Looked warm. This is it. UCSB. Yeah. Is, is Zoom doing it no favors or is that Purdue colors? No, it is not doing it any favors. I, Ward, I would not have bought it. Okay. It is, I believe it's closer to Michigan colors, right? Oh. Not great it's, either. It's, no, it's not, but better than Purdue. Come on. Yeah, no, it just looks black over Zoom. No, it is a dark blue. I promise you, on my kids, <laughs> it is not black and gold. Okay. But I'm using it as a prop. Sure. Taking it off now, because I'll tell you what. What? I wish that day that I was cold, I wish that day that instead of buying that hoodie, that I was powered by. Legends talk to Warden Eric. The legends, the legends thing, we've kind of 
run out of legends. We're talking no, to we haven't run out. We we're just, talking to future legends. We talk to future legends. At the end of each season, we like doing these recaps with the current team, with current coaches. There's a lot to catch up on. We'll get back into the legends soon enough. Not today. Not today. Future legends. Future legends. Future legends. Um, what's going on with Indiana? Still slow time in recruiting. Yeah. Laying a lot of groundwork. I mean, it's a slow time, I say, in when it comes to commitments and visits, but there's a lot of recruiting out on the road going on. Coaches yep. were out recruiting. I don't think there's a lot of updates out there, to be honest with you. I don't think there's a lot of movement one way or the other. No. We're still in on all the guys that we were in on last week. No one's decided yet. And, you know, that's it. We're one week closer to both football and basketball season. That's what I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does feel like I believe it's called sports purgatory by our good friend, Nick Hoffman. Um, as a non-baseball fan this time of the year when, you know, you're not, there's no imminent recruits who might decide anytime soon when all of basketball is over, when football is far, far in the distance, really all we had this week for somebody like myself was the NBA draft. Yes. So that is the big story of what's going on with Indiana basketball. Oh, yeah. A really exciting day for Indiana. I mean, it's been too many years where we don't get to pay attention to the draft too much. And this, to me, was like the best of both worlds because we had the one-and-done guy who put us on the map in that world for those elite-level prospects and we had the homegrown guy who stuck through thick and thin, who survived one coaching staff, stuck around for the other, and then set virtually the, the record book on fire, you know, by, by just putting his name at the top of so many categories. And very different types of players, very different expectations for both. But the anticipation for each of them was like, skin tingling like i i've got goosebumps throughout the night it was crazy one i just haven't sat there and watched two the full two rounds of the nba draft ever right and and you know obviously we all thought the night would end earlier for us hoosier fans it ended up being great and we can get into that a little bit later but to sit there at five o'clock and to be so excited to turn on the TV and to see and to see Jalen there in the green room with that incredible green felt outfit yeah. he picked. I thought it was dynamite. Uh, Woody looked good. It was it really was. It It's the culmination of in Jalen's case, 18 plus years and and with Trace, the four year college career. I'm I'm always choked up at seeing almost anybody unless they went to Purdue seeing their dreams come true but when it's it's our guys our boys our Hoosiers who are about there and and their lives are about to change forever their families lives are about to change forever but even more than sort of the monetary and the security and everything that this stuff can bring it's just these guys have worked their ass off for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours to get to that night and to have their name called. And when it does happen, and then you see Indiana University up there and you see Indiana University basketball highlights, and it is a beautiful thing. It's the first Hoosier Hysterics NIL ambassador to get drafted into the NBA. Not the last. As you, 
as you said to me right before he was potentially going to be a lottery pick. And look, he slipped a little bit. You know, I think a lot of people were thinking he would go a little bit higher. Trace slipped a little bit. But it's not about getting into the league. It's about staying in the league. And the fact that both of them went to organizations, the Lakers are the most valuable, you know, highest profile organization in all of the NBA. And the Golden State Warriors are arguably the best organization in the NBA. Selfishly, Jalen's going to be in our city. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're looking into three people tents for sleepovers. <laughs> you know, we're, we're looking into family beds. It's, like it's, a th- it's a three person tent because we want extra room in the tent when he doesn't <laughs> let us sleep in his house. <laughs> so just the idea that both of them get to go to really good places, because I'll tell you when I saw that trace was going to the wizards. Yeah. Or is that what they're even called anymore? I don't even yes, know. Correct. It, I was, I felt terrible for him. I yeah. felt like, oh no, he's going to go to an awful organization with no hope. And then it gets announced he's going to the Warriors. And I'm like, it, it, it just doesn't seem outside of like playing for Popovich. It just doesn't seem like these two guys could have gone to any better of a place. Couldn't agree more because you're looking at some of those teams that Jalen was slotted to go to, potentially like the Pelicans. Like, oh, "Oh, there's a good place to go and never be heard from again. Totally. As I saw, you know, as you're like, oh, well, you like to have the bragging rights. You had a lottery pick, but I'm like, no, 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 no. You could maybe brag about that. And that's where that conversation ends. And that's the last. It was a big deal but no i'd much rather have Jaden jalen go like three four slots later to the los angeles lakers who don't have some young incredible point guard in front of him and that that's really a wide open open opportunity for him and and i think i hadn't and, checked and that. he gets to pass the ball to lebron james and to anthony davis this is what i'm saying and trace's locker is next to steph curry's like these guys landed on the top of the mountain and you don't expect really any rookie well everybody thinks Wemby's gonna light the world on fire but most rookies need to get acclimated and they need to be in a situation where where what they have to offer can be brought in and nurtured and developed like these are not done players and boom I don't think you know I think the Miami Heat would be the one other organization yes you could say which that, by the that, way I was really happy that on a totally different note Jaime Jaquez who we've gotten to watch a little bit. And Mick Cronin is a guy that we've come to really enjoy. And he went to Miami, which seemed perfect. Yes. They understand like that dude knows how to play the game of basketball and we can incorporate him into our system. And I think both, um, wait, who's the Lakers coach? Yeah. I I was going to (laughs) say that's the only part that worries me except for this. The Lakers don't mess around. Like they don't like being bad. So if they're bad for a few years, they're going to get better pretty quickly. And usually that means bringing in a better coach too. I mean, this was the organization that brought in Phil Jackson, you know, when, when they, when they were down for a few years, like, no, 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 let's go get the guy that's going to get us to the top. It's Darvin Ham, right. From, um, he was the assistant, I think at Milwaukee, but okay. The the jury's out on, on how good he is. Right. Steve Kerr is one of the best in the game. And seeing the little video, too, of Steve Kerr congratulating Trace and shaking hands with him, it's just so awesome. I also love – I saw, like, Sacramento out there. 
like that they might. And I'm like, you know what? I know they're good now. You don't want to live in Sacramento. Excremento. Yeah, you don't want to do that. That wasn't going to be good for anybody. So the fact that they're in L.A. and San Francisco is just awesome. Can't wait to go to Jalen Hood Shafino games. I hope both of them read the fine print in the NIL deals we made with them. Mm-hmm. It says that for the the rest of their lives, they have to provide free tickets to the Hoosier Hysterics NIL Collective. And half of all future salaries go back into the HH NIL Collective. Yes, that's <laughs> what we need to start doing. Yeah. That's what we need to start doing. Might have another announcement on an NIL ambassador in the very short term. Uh, I'm excited to find out who that is. Yeah, it'll be good. Hey, listen. What? Uh, before we get to our host, our guest, our host. You want to talk about community cars? You know, I thought we could go uh, hit the <laughs> hit reverse. Look, I'll just let's use our slogan. Don't be a jackass. Get a car from community cars. Preach. Okay. Amen. If here's how it works. You want to buy a car. You mm-hmm. buy it from somebody else. You're a jackass. You want to know how not to be a jackass? Buy the car from community cars. What are you doing? What are we even talking about here? <laughs> um. But what I was going to say is we're like seven weeks away from Hoosier Fantasy Experience. The weekend is August 17th to the 20th. HoosierFantasyExperience.com. FanFest tickets are going to be going on sale very soon, like within maybe the next 24 hours. So we will be tweeting it out. We will post it on Pigs.com. There's a, a, a slight change in FanFest this year. As everybody knows that's gone to FanFest, we sell courtside tickets. We sell the main tickets right behind the courtside, uh, the bench tickets, which are great, amazing seats. We sell main, like, center tickets, low row. uh, And then we sell $5 tickets for the majority of the other seats in the building. But this year. This year. We're selling an exclusive, only making 10 of them available. Only 10. A real VIP experience at FanFest. And remember, the money goes to NIL. It's $1,000 a ticket. Here's what you get. You get courtside seats. You get your rebounding for the Indiana basketball players as they get warmed up and shoot around. You get 30-minute exclusive autograph and picture window before everybody else. So you get access to the lobby to meet the players before everybody else. There's only 10 tickets available. You're going to be seated on the bench, courtside, right there mixing with the players, rebounding with the players. The autograph session includes the women's basketball team as well this year. Yes, that is a huge change this year. The women are going to be part of the autograph sessions before and after. Uh, The Fan Fest itself will still be uh, run by the men's team. And then the women are still doing their clinic. But lots of huge announcements. Still slots open for the golf outing. I think maybe a couple slots open for the fantasy camp. HoosierFantasyExperience.com. Hey, maybe while you're in town, buy a car from Community Cars. Yeah, yeah, drive it home. And if you buy a car from Community Cars while you're there on the weekend of Hoosier Fantasy Experience, Ward, what comes with the purchase? Eric will drive you everywhere you want to go. That's actually the most realistic one you've ever put out. I mean, I would do that. Like, I would have no problem doing that to support communitycars.com. All right, Ward, we got a fun one. We know this guy was made for these kinds of interviews. Huge personality, really smart. We love him. Second appearance on the show. What do you say we get to it? Okay. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. 
ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's back, back on the program, back with the program, of course, that being the Indiana University Hoosiers. But who exactly is he, Eric? Hailing from Indianapolis, Indiana, by way of Lawrence North High School, two-time All-Marion County, 2022 IBCA First Team Academic All-State, 2021 IBCA Supreme 15 Underclassman, 2021 Indiana All-Star, 2021-22 Hoosier Basketball Magazine All-Star, two-time Marion County Champs, 1920 MIC Conference Sectional Champs, 2021 Sectionals Region and Semi-State Champs, 2021 State Runner-Up, a 70-12 and 12 high school record, which is actually interesting because he lost more in his you didn't know that? I didn't even know that. Well, I'm going to find out what it feels like to lose that many games in one season. But we don't need to focus on that. We are talking to a gentleman who, of course, then matriculated at Indiana University, where he spent his freshman year last year. He was born with a name that was going to make him a basketball player or the star of a primetime cop show. Please welcome C.J. Gunn. Thanks. Sir? How the hell are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I mean, we're better now. We, you, you were one of our favorite people that we got to meet last year. Obviously got to meet your family and fell in love with them and didn't get to talk to you too much last year outside of the fantasy camp and stuff. It was an intense year, but we're really happy to talk to you now and lots to talk about. So let's just start with what's up right now. What's going on for you in your life? What's going on in Bloomington? Um, everything's going, going good. I think we're in our third or fourth week now with doing team workouts. And I really, I'm really enjoying getting, getting, uh, building that team chemistry and just getting to know our new guys and we're a young team. And I think, I think this season is going to be really exciting. Mm, like to hear that when you talk about building team chemistry, obviously a lot of that's on the court or lifting together, any other kind of activities you guys are doing maybe socially to bond. Um, or well, outside of the people I live with, we be going out. Um, I've gone bowling with the guys. We've gone to the movies, and there's there's not really that much here to do in Bloomington, so we do what we can besides just hang out in the house. How's well, your bowling game? I was gonna say there's not much to do in Bloomington legally. <laughs> I think I'm the I think I'm the best bowler. Really? Yeah. I do say so myself. I I, I get to it in bowling. Even my family knows. <laughs> What's a normal score? What's an average score for you? I say I say on a bad day, one twenty. Okay, and a good day, a good day, one eighty, two hundred. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to brag, yeah. But yeah. since we yeah, brought up do. bowling, <laughs> you are looking at the best thirteen to sixteen year old Jewish bowler in the Midwest. <laughs> back in your heyday, back in nineteen ninety. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Gold medal, gold medal bowling, Jewish Maccabee games, Midwest region, St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, I gotta give it to you for that one. Man. <laughs> Do you remember the winning score? Was it? Did you break a hundred, dude? I was in the zone. I bowled like a two fifteen. It oh, was. It was look, I got bowling stories that would bore everybody, but that's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> All right. So you're the best bowler on the team. I like that. Let's talk about workouts. So we've talked to a couple of your teammates already, and your name has come up already a couple times for somebody who is standing out in these workouts. 
um, that that you're scoring the ball well, that things seem to be rolling for you, at least in the first week or so of workouts. How are you feeling about your own progression and how you've been playing so far? Man, I feel I feel really confident in myself. Um, I put in a lot of work, even in, in that little month we got back just to go home. I got I got time in with the best trainers that I know with Nick and 14 and Rob up in Atlanta. And so they really just made me feel really uh, more comfortable with the ball in my hands and and getting me more comfortable out there. So obviously when I came back here, man, I couldn't be more. I'm, this is the, probably the most comfortable I ever felt on the, on the floor. Wow. Okay. Well, and I mean, part of that has to be, this is your, your second season now in Bloomington getting underway, even though it's the off season. Um, what you, you could tell, I could tell when you said how exciting this season's going to be, that's based on, what's happening out there on the court what it is what is it like and what's getting you excited about the new pieces the returning pieces and how it's all meshing together um i just think i think really just how we play and we're 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 a long and big team this year you know um so i think that that weighs into our advantage and just every day is competitive you know i think everybody's pushing each other with the guards the bigs um no, every time we go out there, I think we're pushing each other to each other's limits. And at the end of the day, that's going to make us a better players and a better uh, basketball team. How tall are you? See, that's a that's a a lot of people will argue me on this. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear. It. Don't give me no bullshit. I, I always like, say I say when my when I when I have my shoes on, I hoop. I'm six, seven. Coach, me and Coach Cliff didn't measure when I when I'm out there and I'm hooping with my shoes on. I'm six, seven without shoes. I'm six, six, though. But you're a legit six six. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. I tell I like people it. six seven. What if you I, if what's I your wingspan? You can't tell people you're six seven if you have to have shoes on to be six seven, CJ. But, li what? but listen to me. When I tell you I'm six seven, I'm probably gonna have shoes on. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> can't argue with that. <laughs> and and you're gonna, see me, you're gonna see me with shoes on more the time than you're gonna see me with my shoes off. That's fair. I now, think it's fair to say that you and I aren't going to be spending much time with you without your shoes on. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair statement. Now, okay, with your shoes off, not with your shoes on, what's your uh, wingspan? Six nine. <laughs> six, nine? six nine. All right. What's your vertical? 40. Nice. All right. I want to go back to something you just said about being the most comfortable you've ever felt. Because I think it's fair to say one thing that you have never lacked is confidence. You're a very confident guy. Your, your family uh, raised you to be a strong, confident young man. It's part of why we love your parents so much that that is just such a, a valuable um, and important trait going forward in your life and everything. What is it that makes you more comfortable and maybe I'm putting words in your mouth saying comfortable and confident together. But what is it that makes you more comfortable this year than last year when we met you, when we met a very confident young man also? Yes, sir. I would say the I would say my confidence as ever since I was a kid, that has just never left me out. Always put my bet on myself. So I feel like my confidence isn't really was waiver. It's just about getting comfortable from last year. Like going into this year, I know what I'm getting into. And I know I know what Coach Woody wants. I've already, I've had a year under his wing to see how the program works and, and the sets and and all of the scouting schemes. So now I know what I'm getting into. Ain't 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 too ain't much to else really to be said than other just learning the game every single day, going out there and playing and listening to coaches, watching film, 
studying, taking notes that when you put all those together. Now, is it something where you're talking about what Coach Woody wants, and obviously that's for the team and the style of play, defensive responsibilities, et cetera. But when you guys were wrapping up last year, was there conversation with coaches about like, hey, CJ, between now and the time we see you next and over the course of the summer, we want you to focus on certain things? Yeah, sir. They uh, my weight was my weight was probably one of the key things I focused on over the summer was just fixing my diet and and learning how to uh, gain weight for the Big Ten. So right now I'm at 199 of the day, but they want my playing weight to be 205. But what were you last? Just, yeah, I was. Were you? I would range between like 190, 195. Okay. Wow. And can you feel it at 199? Does that feel different to you than 190, 195? Yes, sir. Just like that also helps with my comfortability on the ball, being stronger and be able to protect myself and, and be able to get to the rim easy. Now, CJ, you spend one weekend with me. I'll get you to 210. I mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't understand this. I can't gain weight thing. Like I'll gain. I've gained 22 pounds in one long weekend in Bloomington. And that's not bullshit. That's legit shoes off gained weight. That's I wish, what that I is. Wish, I wish it was that easy, man. I wish. I wish. Well, I think a, I think a lot more people would rather be in my shoes than me being in their shoes. Yeah, I think that's absolutely <laughs> right. But tell us what – so how has your diet changed when you were trying to put on weight versus what you were doing last year? What what have you added to the diet or taken out of the diet to try to put on those extra six pounds that you need to get to? Well, really my really my dad staying on me is probably one of the biggest things because every time he sees me or we talk, it's always, you eat <laughs> he's drinking your protein shakes so i just say him just constantly being on me and that's why i love him and and, and, I, and i'm glad to have him um he's just always on me about um maturing maturing and becoming a pro at the end of the day and it, it takes discipline so now i'm getting every time i'm basically what goes on in my head even if i'm not hungry try to eat wow mm. so are you doing that whole thing where you eat like six meals a day that yeah. kind of thing yeah that's how it is Plus the thousand calorie shakes Coach Cliff gives me after every workout. So, how yeah. how many calories are you throwing down every day? They they say your body weight. So, uh huh. What would that be? I don't know. That seems like a lot of calories. Coach Cliff just says your body weight. So, two hundred calories a day. That seems low to me. <laughs> you gotta add some zeros on the end. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> 200,000 okay. calories a day. <laughs> I feel that like actually, I like that diet. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about your dad for a second more. He's such a special guy. I got to introduce him to one of my kids in Vegas, and that was just cool to see. Um, how, if at all, has the relationship or the communication changed since you left home, since he's he's not there every morning and every night? Um, how do you guys stay in touch and and has that evolved at all now that you're on your own? Um, it definitely is definitely has strengthened. I think in my opinion, strengthened our relationship, just um them knowing that they have to give me my freedom and but I still like I'm not that far from home. So really I go back probably once a week and I go and spend a day with my parents. We go out to eat or do some do something fun, like me and my dad go to the gun range, anything like that. So it's really just fun getting that time and quality time with my parents and my sister. My sister's like my best friend, somebody I could talk to when I'm when I need advice or I'm feeling down. So that's really that really has strengthened our relationship. So I got a couple questions on your dad. One, if anybody follows him on social media, you know that he's not a quiet guy. He likes yeah. to express himself. 
I love it. I mean, he is so invested in in his kids and family's life. I love it. He doesn't take bullshit from anybody. If he sees something, he says something. Um, was that at all weird for you being at the level that you're at now with how much attention everybody gets? Your dad's now getting a lot of attention too. Was there any weirdness to like your dad posting something? Did you ever did you ever call him and go, Dad, can you just put Twitter away for a minute? Man, really, I've been my dad's been like this my whole life. So you know, so whatever. <laughs> I know, I know that at the end of the day, he's not going to tweet anything or put anything on me to want to hurt me or hurt right. my hurt my future. So, but my dad's a smart guy; he knows what what's right and what's wrong. So, at the end of the day, what he puts on him, I think I think it's funny. I think it just builds his character because when you meet him, he's just like that. You know, he's he's funny, man. He he's but, the best. Yeah, he he is the best. Now, gets along so two with other things. Really well. What'd you say? I said he gets along with people really well. I think it's the only child thing. Well, maybe, but you're a chip off the old block because you've got a personality like your dad's where it's just so easy to talk to you. So two other things. One, did any of your dad's love of boxing pass on to you? Are you a fan of the squared circle and the boxing game? I am. I like I like watching it. I like the hype building up to up to an end and putting bets on the game. I don't I don't bet because I, don't, I can't get into that. But just like verbal bets, talking trash, I get into all that, man. Who's your favorite fighter of all time? All time? Oh, man, that's a tough question. I think I have to say Muhammad. Oh, well, yeah, it's tough to go. Just, to just go wrong up. Like, 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 look, I got him right here. Oh, that's great. Great shot. Great shot. For those yeah. for those listening at home, that's Muhammad Ali in the, the pool, the famous <laughs> picture where he's underwater. Now, my final thing about your dad is I don't know if anybody ha I haven't seen anybody say this on Twitter, but I believe your dad is responsible for Indiana baseball's season ending where it did and not moving on. And do you have any idea why I'm going to blame your dad for it? I have no clue. All right. <laughs> your dad popularized something at Indiana basketball games this year. The chain. Right? Uh, the chain, yeah. He, he never the chain. He come to a game without it. I never saw him without it. He but and then I started seeing other people wear the chain. Yeah. Well, cut to the end of the Indiana baseball season, and in the game before they played Kentucky, our I think it was our second baseman, our starting second baseman, ran out onto the field when another when a teammate hit a home run with that chain as their celebration and got suspended for it because oh, so that was a rule, no props. And then he got suspended. We lost two games in a row to Kentucky. I think your dad is the root cause of it. Because <laughs> he put everybody on the chains. You can't yes. have a prop, man. <laughs> you uh, I might, I might have to tell him to switch up the drip next for next year. Switch you know, up the drip. I love that. Switch up the drip. <laughs> you you mentioned your sister being your best friend. Um, you know, what's what's that like now, you guys being separated? How old is she? Is she, is she still at home? She, she's 21. She's, she's at home right now. Okay. Um, and is that like a lot of FaceTimes? How do you guys how do you guys stay in touch when you're you're not in the bedroom next door? Yeah, we, mo we mostly we mostly text and just send each other funny videos here and there. But um, I say whenever we whenever we're both having trouble with something or we both need advice on or on something or how we should react to a situation, we really help each other in, in those ways. Because me and my sister, we're really we're alike, 
but you know, we we act two we act two different ways. So sometimes I I tell her things she needs to hear, and she tells me stuff that I need to hear majority of the time too. All right, uh, let's go through um, some of your new teammates. Would love to get your your insight on a couple new guys in your first few weeks. Let's hit the freshmen. Let's start with Gabe Cups, who who also gave us some good insight on you and spoke very highly. What's your take on Gabe? Man, I think I think Gabe I think Gabe has game. Man, he's really he's really impressed me. Um, as soon as he as soon as he came in and his work that work ethic, I say he's always he's always in the gym early. Um, just always getting working and really playing with him. He makes he makes everything easy. I think he's a, he's a really good point guard and, and learns how to control the tempo of the game. All right, Mackenzie. Man, he 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 can shoot that boy now. I ain't gonna yeah, lie. yeah. He he can shoot, man. What, are you ever you, matched up he, against him? He makes, he makes difficult shots too. I like that about his game, and he knows how to get to his get get to his spots. What about the one of the things that seemed to be happening, and I, I I put you in this group too, and the people that that were brought into the program, there seemed to be a very like business like approach from many of these guys, like you know, serious about their craft, serious about putting in the work. Obviously, you have your whole life, but I think you've even taken it to a new level, being at, at this stage in your career. But guys like Gabe, Jakai, Mackenzie, you. Am I wrong in saying that that there just seems to be an intensity level to preparation and to the craft of basketball that that maybe is unique? Yeah, I think I think um, Coach Wilson has implemented implement, implemented that culture ever since he's got here. So just I was his second year, so just seeing how he, how he wants things, he he wants us to act like a pro, and so that takes that takes discipline. That takes um off the court actions, everything. You're accountable. You're accountable for everything. So I feel like now, now that everybody on the team is thinking like a pro, when only wins come out of that. When you have a I team, I love that. Pros, okay, I love that. So well, about- and when you're you're talking about everybody's acting like a pro, we got to take a quick sidestep here. Two of your boys just got drafted into the NBA. Could you just could you take us through that night, the feelings, you know, what it was like for you to see your guys get their names called for yeah. for for the dream? Like that's the dream. Man, I was so proud of those two, man, Trace and Fino. I was actually with Trace the night he got drafted. We we drove back to Indy. Um everybody was on the team last year, but you know, just just seeing those guys finally live out their dream and seeing seeing uh the happiness that they're feeling, it just it, it makes me feel joy to see them. Now, let's talk about the Trace one because there were some tense moments there for, for Trace. And I think everybody in the Indiana fan base, I think our heart was going out to him because the word was, I think most people expected second round, but there was word that maybe it could have gone all the way up to like, you know, t- between 28 and 40. You know, yeah. I think people were talking about. And then pick 40 comes around, it doesn't happen. And 42 and 45. What was the feeling in the room? Were you starting? I mean, this is your friend too, right? You got to know him over the course of a year, and you're both from Indianapolis, so I'm sure you go back even further than that with his family and Taven and, and the rest. Did you? What did you feel when that was happening? When each team was not picking him, what what was your feeling? I, all I was feeling was I knew like every time new call came up, I always thought it was going to be his name. Mm-hmm. At the end, of the day, I feel like everybody in there were all his loved ones, were all his family. So at the end of the day. We're not doubting the process. You know, we know we know what God has in store for him. Well, and then and when the it, Lakers, sorry, go oh, sorry, no, oh, go ahead. 
Well, just to stay Lakers. on. Yeah. When the, the war, I mean, like, well, it's first one it's of those. not the Warriors, right? Huh? It's it's no. the Wizards, and then they trade it to the Warriors, right? Yeah. So. But but with that, I mean, it's like all those other, like, whatever teams that passed on them. And then you hear later from Kevin Pritchard that, like, the Pacers already have four big guys that, like, I don't know if this is something that that just could kind of be figured out a, a day or two later when hearing about all this stuff, or was it, was everybody like, Oh yeah, this was perfect. He's going to the warriors and he's got a three year NBA contract. None of this two way bullshit. Like it worked out great. Now I think, I think the warriors is a good fit for trace. Me personally, they, they, they they're in need for a big right now. By the did way, you, did you see the picture, the picture of, of his the locker? locker? Yeah. yeah. Next yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. He said he said that's a video. I think he said that's a video like as soon as he got there. We 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 seen it in the group chat. I also think for Trace, like Draymond Green is such a great comp for him. Yeah, like yeah. Draymond's not known to be an outside shooter. He he's developed a little bit of a game, but he's not relied on to be a, a an outside shooter. But he's a really good passer. He can handle the ball. He rebounds well. Trace can do all that and maybe even a little more because of his athleticism and his size. Like, what a great place to be with those pros around you. Um, when you're seeing, like, Trace get the adulation and you're there for him, and, and obviously you're there for him as a friend, but can you help but letting your mind go to in a couple years if I keep doing this, if things go right for me, if I keep busting my ass, then I'm, that's going to be me in that seat? Yeah, so that's really just seeing, seeing seeing everybody's name get called in. You know, I'm a competitive person, so in my mind, I think I can outplay anybody. So it's just like just just wanting, just seeing seeing their dream become a reality, just it, make, it makes me more hungry. Well, and then, of course, it was your freshman pledge mate, uh, who ends up uh, we see the the artwork right behind you where you've got Kobe's jersey there that that Michael and LeBron are paying Michael homage LeBron. to and yeah. and of course two of the three guys featured in that are Lakers guys and now Fino's there with a real shot at some playing time and and not like the most intimidating uh long-term prospects at guard in front of him like how excited are you that your guys on the Lakers. Cause I'm like, I've never been a huge Lakers fan, but I can't deny that it is. I mean, you got them in Boston and Chicago and that's basically it. I can see the thing is I can see Fino living in Cali though. He gives me Cali vibes. <laughs> Do we give you Cali vibes? Because we both live in California and I don't think we've got the same vibes as Fino. Yeah. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> You All give right. me about one minute. I'm going to go off screen. I'm going to come back on screen with some real Cali vibes. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's not let's not let's not turn it into that. Um, let's get back to the team. Uh, has Jakai started participating fully yet or is there still holding him back a little? Still holding him back a little bit. He, he hasn't uh, played with us yet. OK, about and then where what what are you seeing from the big guy where he uh, he. He, just, he he really just came back now. He he just thought he's dunking now and stuff. It's good seeing back out there. How tall is he? Man, he he makes me look normal, like average size, like right, like us. Yeah, he's seven one though. He is so tall, but he so he's back from the ankle and starting to really go now. Yeah, not not right? fully, but not fully, but he he's definitely like soon. 
All what right. about what about X? Is he feeling? Is is, is he feeling a hundred percent to you? X is he's looking hundred percent to me. That's good. How big and strong is Peyton Sparks? Luckily, Peyton has been on my team, <laughs> so I ain't been down there banging with him. But just it, every time he dunks, it looks like he about tear the rim off. <laughs> he's like Baby Shaq. Yeah, we, that's what we call him. We call him Shaq. Really? Yeah, we used to call. We used to call uh, Malik Shaq last year, but Peyton got it now. Nah, Peyton got it. <laughs> Does Malik have a new nickname? We, <laughs> we call him War Tour. What? War Tour? World Tour. A World <laughs> Tour? What does that mean? I don't know. Gallo came. You're going to have to ask Gallo next time. <laughs> Gallo oh, wait. Hey, but speaking of guys uh, going to the pros, it just came out that race is going to play summer league with the Knicks. What do you think about that? Man, just seeing him get this opportunity, it just makes me so happy for him. Just knowing, I know he's a great player, and I know he can, he can um, benefit a pro. He's a pro. He's a pro. So I feel like him getting that opportunity to showcase his skills, I think I, I'm really happy for him. All right, let's. Uh, unless you want to hit anybody else on the team, I mean, World Tour. I assume Malik's looking okay. You want to give us some some recap on how World Tour is looking? Man, <laughs> man he looking real good, man. Malik always. League always has that nice post game in him, so he he's been he's been on the opposite team. So I ain't been rooting for his. I've been praying for his downfall during the game. But, <laughs> no, he, I, we have heard that he's hitting some shots from the outside this year. That uh, he's taking sure. more threes. Yeah, for sure. See, he's, definitely, he's definitely worked on that um, during the summer. He, that's in his bag for sure. This is this is what I wanted to ask about the team in general before we press on Eric is the the shooting at Indiana University has been maligned since you were like in the sixth grade. What used to be like you knew there'd be great shooters at IU, not been a thing for a while. Um, we're hearing good things. Everybody knows you're a shooter. Um, but but even even coming into this season, everybody's still kind of wringing their hands a little bit about like. Are we going to be good good enough from the outside? What have you seen to make the the always, let's say, pessimistic when it comes to shooting Indiana fans feel better about what we're going to look like from the outside this year? Yeah, I would tell them not to be worried. You know, I think we put in we put in way too much time in the gym to to not be able to shoot the ball. And you know, everybody has their off nights, but at the end of the day, we put in countless hours and, and stacking up days and weeks and months um, working on our craft, uh, we're going to be all right, especially with the confidence we have as a team. They're, they're bound to go in. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's get into last season a little bit. And I don't want to do a game-by-game game thing because we don't need to do that with you. We've done that with some other people. But I do want to talk about some overall themes, and I'm just going to hit – you're an honest, uh, straightforward guy, so I'm just going to come right to you. This probably – I would guess this was – the first time in your life where the shot just didn't fall as consistently as you wanted it to. Um, you were known as a shooter coming out of high school, coming out of AAU. Your form looks beautiful. You get great lift on the shot. Obviously, your teammates and staff and the coaching staff have confidence. The ball didn't fall for much of the year after a, a pretty good start. How do you process last season as far as your on-the-court performance? Um. What I know, I know I wasn't hitting as many shots as I like you said, or I was used to, or it was my first um slump, so to say. But sure. um, like I said, I never I never lose confidence in myself. And if I keep working, then that confidence is never gonna waver. 
So, yeah, I might not dig good as, as well as I could have done last year, but that has nothing to do with this season that I'm preparing for in my head. Did it at all bother you? I mean, of course it bothered you. You're a competitor. So I don't mean like, you know, bothered you. But you're a supremely confident guy. You've got a great support system around you. But was there any – were there any low points for you from just a mental standpoint during the season? Like – shit, I'm not hitting what I normally hit. I'm not getting the playing time that I've typically gotten. You know, there was guys in front of you, upperclassmen, how, you know, we all, we all know how that works. But did you have to deal with any just mental stuff throughout the year that maybe you hadn't faced before? No, nah, for sure. I definitely, I definitely, I like to say, say to myself, never get too high, never get too low. So, you know, I, I per like mentally I'm fine, but like, of course, those those thoughts of, um, just I'm not getting the playing time. I'm not knocking down shots like I used to. Everybody's gonna have them thoughts, but um, just um having a meeting with coaches and them being having tough love on me just shows that yeah I was putting in work last year, but I could have did more. Mm. And Do you just, think so? Do you 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 think so? When you look back at it, you kind of look and go, I could have done more myself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For sure. I feel like that's just at, like growing and maturing. Um it takes accountability. So like if I, if I went through last year and didn't think I, I didn't do make any mistakes or I didn't um, learn from anything, then I wouldn't be growing as a player and be ready, ready for the, to tackle the game this year. Well, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems like probably from the earliest you can remember playing basketball through high school and AAU, you're out there, you're starting, you're getting a ton of minutes and you're getting in the flow of the game. Was it tougher just coming in um, in spot minutes and being like, okay, okay, go make your shots now. Go make your shots. Is that is that tougher to just come in when you're not in the flow and throw it up there? Is that part of it? Um, I would say, yeah, yeah, that's a part of it. But, you know, we can't – I can't control that. The coaches control the minutes. So you, I, I tend to just focus on the things I can't control. Like, you know, yeah, I can make the excuse that I'm sitting on the bench and, and um, I'm just coming in asking down knockdown shots. but. That's what they ask me, so that's why I have to give them. All right, so let's talk about some bright points. And the biggest is that there's over 300 million people in this country, and only 13 had scholarships to play at Indiana University last year. And you were one of them. And you got to put on the candy stripes and have your name called and walk onto that court in front of 17,000 people. What was it like for you, CJ, when the season started and feeling that crowd wearing that jersey for the first few times? It was just surreal. You know, as a kid, you you looking at old pictures or posters and seeing people with Indiana across the chest. So now just knowing that you're forever going to be, be stamped as an Indiana University basketball player and know that my name is always going to be here. It's just a dream come true. But, you know, there's always there's more dreams to be tackled, you know. Sure. Well, do you remember your first shot going down in a game at Assembly Hall? Can you take us through that? I do actually. It was on. Um, we played. Was it Moorhead? Did we play Moorhead? Play Moorhead State. At, yeah. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, it was an out of bounds play. And in high school, I always used to come off these type curls around the elbow on the baseline, and shoot faders. So it was like my perfect shot. I, I knew I was going to hit it before I even shot it. And what about it the how did it feel? Sorry. It felt it felt good. My first look, I looked over to the bench and was just like, uh, I didn't got it rolling. Nah. <laughs> what about you playing a little school called Elon? It's the end of the first half. A shot goes up, comes off the rim. 
what happens next? <laughs> and I, I, I posted that. Like, <laughs> I was ready for it. I was ready for it too, man. I remember Coach drew up the play in the huddle, and um, he drew the play up for Miller to come to come out um a post post entry feed. So he came, curled it off, and I remember in the huddle, I was like. Man, I, I want to shoot it like I know I can knock this down. Like that's what I was thinking in my head. So when he shot it, man, I was just if it came off, I was just I knew I was gonna catch it. Like I was just hoping it came off perfectly. And it did. And you threw it down. The crowd went crazy. You did a little flex. You did a little flex afterwards. Yeah, Ray, Ray had me team, man. He was screaming in my face. I was I was just the first. <laughs> Where does that rank all time dunks for you? Where does that rank? I think that's Top two, not two, then one for sure. What would be the other one? If there was another one, what would it be? The other one would be high school. We played, um, we played, um, four Wayne. It was a four Wayne team. Okay. And I, I, it was a fast break. I came through the middle and just don't, he fell and everything. Like I'm standing over him. That was probably just, that was like the first time I really like caught a body. Night caught a body. You know all the <laughs> phrases that just make you sound cool. Caught a body, switch the drip. Like we, we I, think can't was, talk. I think it was Gary. I think it was Gary. Oh yeah? Yeah. What what team you know what team Jalen Washington played for in high school? Gary. Gary He's South. a Gary kid. Uh yeah, hold on. I'll look it out. If did it, you did you dunk on Jalen Washington? I wanna know him. It wanna know him. Oh man, I wish it was. Hold on, I'm looking it up. Jalen Washington. Came from it says West Side. Gary Westside. Gary, Gary Westside. Westside. There you go. Okay, so you have your choice between what how do you say it? Put a body on somebody? No. Catch a body. Catch, Catch a, a body. body. Put Catch a, a body. body on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> the way CJ knows all the phrases to sound cool opposite of that. Um so you catch a body or or you hit a beautiful outside three. What what if you could only pick one? Hey, CJ, go out there. Game's on the line. You're up by you're down by one. So either one's gonna win the game. What do you do to win the game? I would I would shoot the three. Yeah. But if but if I knew I if I knew either I was gonna make the three or dunk on somebody, I would say dunk on somebody just because I feel like a lot of people don't see that coming from me. Like uh, people see me as a pull-up or a shot kind of guy. So I feel like just catching them off guard one good time or just shake them up a little bit. Um, in the, just in the same vein as uh, put a body on somebody. <laughs> did you did you hear about Ward's question? Oh come on, come on! Your... How how many? We, do you want to talk about your bowel movements after this? <laughs> sure, we can do that. But, sure, but you don't want to talk about that. Um, <laughs> did you hear about Ward's question to Mackenzie? Uh. Really, McKenzie was just over our house before I got on this call. He said, he, he told me, he told me what he said. Man. <laughs> I told him I was getting on here. McKenzie told me, man, they asked me some crazy questions. Man. <laughs> calls, man. Did he tell you what the specific question was that Ward asked him? It was so he said, let me remember. He said, um, I'll give you the quote. Are you good on are you good on D or something? No, 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 like no, no. better. What, what do you what gets you fired up on the D? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mac Mac missed the fired up. <laughs> um 
All right. So what about thinking back at last year, not a personal um, moment, but favorite moment from last season as a member of that team, which did some, some really special things throughout that year, a lot of big games and some milestones, but what was your personal favorite moment from being on the team last year? Favorite moment, favorite moment. I would say, man, you got me thinking, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this is. This is the thinking man's podcast. Yeah, yeah. Real brainiacs here. <laughs> I would say I would say going to the Kevin Hart concert up in Indy. You went to a Kevin Hart concert? Yeah, we went to go see one of his uh, stand-ups. Wow. And, the whole and team. The whole team. Had mm. you ever seen him in concert before? I haven't. That was my first time ever going to a comedy show. Really? And did you like it? Did you enjoy it? It was real good. And I say I I think I really enjoyed it. And why I say it's one of my favorites because going into the uh the stand-up, like they make you put your phones in this bag that they lock up and you can't mm-hmm. you can't get on your phone or anything. So there's no other choice but to just bond and, and conversate with your team. And so yeah. I think I really enjoyed that game. That just made us even closer. That's great. That's a really cool thing. Is that a is that a struggle for you guys? I see it with my teenage daughter now. Like, even though you know how great it is to just hang out with the guys, will you will you all be sitting around on your phones and you're ever like, why aren't we just having a conversation or playing a board game? <laughs> I feel like we do so we do sometimes, but like we're all young, so at the same time, like we we might just be talking for ten minutes and then we won't even realize, it and we'll all just be looking down on our phone, just just chilling with each other, but. Well, it's like, it's great. You guys have basketball, right? Because a lot of kids out there don't. And there's so many hours a day where if you're on your phone, you might get a basketball in the face. So you have to be present. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, and we be with each other so many, like once we with each other for a certain amount of time with practice and just being with each other off the court, it's like, man, I'm going to my room. I need some time just by myself. Like, <laughs> sure. Favorite moment, uh, from last year on the court not not a personal moment but like favorite moment most highlight moment favorite environment to be in what was it i would say the best environment i think um first game of ncaa turn we played kent state yeah well how cool was that for you i mean you grew up like loving basketball you get called your name gets called you're a top four seed you know how just walk us through that whole experience cj Man, the experience, man, I love the experience. Just um like even just walking into the locker room for the game and seeing your, your name tag up there with it all with it all out, man, the badge on your jersey. Um, like I said, it's just another dream coming true. And I feel like that moment was just surreal for me, even even though it was like it was my first time ever going. So for some of the guys, they knew what they were they knew what to expect. And um it just sets the standard on what we had to accomplish this year. Well, now you were born and raised in the state of Indiana. You know what Indiana versus Purdue means. Even I know before, yeah. You know what that means. And you know that for the better part of your your teenagehood, we were on the wrong side of that shit. So now <laughs> that the tide has turned, talk about both of those games and a question Eric asked, maybe it was the last show. What's more fun? Beating those sons of bitches in Bloomington or beating them in West Lafayette? I would say beating them, beating them in West Lafayette definitely hit hit more. Yeah, because all their friends chirp. I mean, all their fans chirping and talking, and them them thinking them think they feeling so good in their own arena. Like we might as well call it Assembly Hall 2.0. Like 
You know what? I was thinking about this, Ward. I know why it's better to win on the road, like definitively. Because if you win at home, you you end the game, you go celebrate, everybody's really happy. Great. That's awesome. You win on the road, you get to piss off a bunch of people yeah. and watch how sad and angry they are, then come back to Bloomington where everybody's happy and you get to celebrate. You get both of them. If you don't do it on the road, you only get one of them. When we beat them in assembly, they just walked off. You ain't really get to, right? We get to see it soak in. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Was, um, I just real quickly, and I yeah. don't know what games when you were coming down to Bloomington and visiting, you might have been around, but I and I know North Carolina was hype too. But just in terms of the volume and the energy of the crowd, were you still shocked by what Assembly Hall could produce when you're putting the beat down on the Tar Heels or the Boilers? Man, I was, I'm still shocked. Like I tell, I tell my friends and, and my family to this day, like you can get a ticket to any IU game, they're gonna pack it up. Like one thing, one thing that I noticed going on away games, the the arena was never was never filled as much as it was in Bloomington. And I say one thing about Indiana fans, they always going to show up and show and show up. They That's exactly do. right. He, here's just kind of a, a, a weird question, maybe. When I worked at World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE. You worked at you, WWE? I did, yeah. You a wrestling cool. fan? Yeah, I, I've been a wrestling fan. I, I, I had that little phase when I was a kid where I used to buy all the action figures and watch it all the time. Who was and your I, favorite? I, back Back in the day. Sure. Who's your back favorite of all day, time? Like in my day, <laughs> uh, John Cena was my guy. Hey, also, I, don't don't do that my day shit to us. All right, man. We know how old we are. We don't need you <laughs> reminding us. We get it. Because if you want me, if I would have said, if I would have just been like back in my day, I would have said back in y'all day, y'all probably was around with like um, Shawn Michaels. Yes. Heartbreak Kid. Yeah, uh, who but else? actually, our day was more Hulk, Hulk, like Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Maybe people you've never heard of was our day. Oh uh, no, I know uh, Jake the Macho. Snake Roberts, Million oh, yeah. Dollar Man. Mm. I know all them, man. <laughs> so here's a great story about John Cena. How good of a guy John Cena is. When I was working there, Cena was our number one guy. It was Cena and CM Punk. Are you a CM Punk fan? I wasn't. I wasn't back then. My wow. sister was an Edge fan, though. We all. Oh, I love Edge. One, we had posters and. I love Edge. So Cena was like the biggest star, and my wife at the time and my son came up to the show. We were doing a show in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and we were living in Connecticut. And I, I, I don't know if I told John that my family was coming. I don't think I did, but my wife is there, and here's my son, and he's wearing a Cena shirt. And he's like four years old. No, no, he's older than that. Maybe six, six years old, five, six years old. Cena sees him, comes up to him, kneels down and says, hey, Julian, right? He remembered his name. Like, I don't know how he did that. And he goes, would you mind if I took a picture with you? Like he didn't, he didn't wait for my son to ask for the picture. He asked if he could take a picture with my son. My son's head almost blew off. I mean, it was unbelievable. The guy is, he is, I'm telling you, you know, he's got like the Guinness world record for most number of make-a-wishes fulfilled. He's fulfilled something like 430 make-a-wishes. He is, I'm telling you, athletes, celebrities have a lot to learn by looking at John Cena and seeing how he carries himself. It's pretty amazing. 
Man, I never knew that, man. But actually, I was just <laughs> it's funny WWE come up because I just bought the game yesterday. Like I like I love playing WWE. Like that's like the only game I play on Xbox. Like, do you watch old YouTube clips of like great promos? Yeah, I be I even scrolling through TikTok. You see, you see a lot of WWE videos on my for you page. All that the best of all time. <laughs> go go watch old Macho Man promos and go watch old, and Ric Flair. Ric Flair promos and Macho Man promos are the best. Yeah. All right, but that's not what we were going to talk about with WWE. Here's what I was going to talk about. There's a phenomenon that happens even with those guys. They're in great shape, but when they go into a big arena where the crowd is hot, a guy can, you know, all hyped up, gets in the ring, and within the first minute, they call it, he's totally gassed. Like, you can just tell he used all the energy up from just the adrenaline of the crowd and reacting to the crowd. And I'm wondering, did that ever happen to you early on where you came into a game and it was so hyped and you were so worked up that you were, like, out of breath quicker than you ever thought you would be because you're in great shape? I I never had a I never had a moment like that. Really, okay. before games, I do. I like I like sitting. I meditate, just sitting in silence, or I like sitting, just listening to music, just doing deep breaths. That's normally what I do before a game, just to just to calm the nerves that I do have. But like the crowd doesn't really affect it once you're out there. You think about it, maybe before the game when you see them coming in or the warm ups. But once you're out there and it's you against them, the the crowd it just it turns into echoes at that point. Got but it. actually going back to WWE. Yeah, I just heard a story on uh somebody who who you who used to be like that Ultimate Warrior. Yes, like he, he would be gassed after he just came out and, and did it. Gassed his before the bell rang. Before yeah. the bell rang. But there were guys when I was there in good shape. I mean Triple H even who was incredible. He would like come back from injuries in great shape, and he's so hyped up to return, and he does like one move, and then he tells the ref like We got to slow this down. I need a minute. <laughs> I need a minute like they and you could tell and everybody would make fun of them backstage because they could tell they're totally gassed. Yeah. It was, yeah, I'll tell you some other stories about my time at uh, at WWE, but some good stuff. But John Cena is a good guy to have as your all time favorite. OK, so I'm wondering you're going into your freshman year at Indiana University, probably, you know, knowing more than a guy would coming in from out of state and not knowing what it's all about. Um, you know, but whether it has to do with IU specifically and the kind of program it is or, or just anything about that freshman division one basketball experience, what was like the biggest surprise? What were you not expecting that you had to, uh, you know, not even necessarily in a bad way, but just absorb and be like, oh, this is part of what I'm doing now. I'm not in high school anymore. Um, I would say definitely the dedication to the gym, you know, like I, I would say in high school. Like everybody, like everybody who tells you about the transition from high school to college, they say being in the gym, but like you think you're in the gym in high school, but there's always another level you can get to. Like, yeah, I'm going in, I'm going in, getting shots up before practice, and then I'm practicing, that's it. But what about why can't you come in earlier, get shots up then, then have practice, and then get more shots after, and then get some ball in hand at the end? What's stopping you from doing that? Wow. We heard that Gabe Cups is trying to start a little breakfast club over there in Bloomington with some early morning workouts. Have you been part of any of those? We, we, I don't know if Gabe started, but I know on the schedule, we like we have like tomorrow we have lift and then we have a mandatory breakfast at, at, up at Tobias at the uh, 
athletes athlete center where we, nice. where we all got to go and get breakfast in. So what? Let's talk about your first year in Bloomington. You got a favorite restaurant? I didn't. I didn't really go out to eat and sit down like that. But I say just say Malibu because I I go there all the time with the recruits and stuff. Yeah, I get that. I really, never ventured on my own quite yet. Okay, here's a new one. Maybe it's lame. We'll find out. If it's not, we'll use it again. I love the campus so much. I love walking around that campus every time we come back. Is there a particular spot on campus in between classes, walking to and from, taking a break? Do you have a favorite place on that beautiful campus? Favorite place? I would say... Now, you might, y'all might get on my head for this one, but I don't, I'm not good with streets, so I don't really know. That's but okay. The little, like, downtown by Buffaloes and Goodfellas and... The Sample Gates there? Yep, right there. The Sample Gates, yep. I like I like walking around over there just sometimes. That's cool. Before, Ward, my... what, is, what is your favorite? Ward, what's your favorite single place on campus? I mean, it's, it's hard to beat going through Sample Gates and how beautiful it is with the wood paths back there off to the right. But for me... I think it's when you're walking from like Valentine towards Woodlawn and kind of between the union. And that's just where where the Creek and the bridges and all that. Yeah. And you yeah. got everybody going to and fro from all the classes where the that's squirrel cool. attacked you. You got me thinking I like, I like walking behind, um, behind the union, like up those stairs. Yes. By Dunn Cemetery. I like walking back there. That's a great call too. Yeah, I had a lot of classes there, and so I used to just always walk there. But I went there times by myself, used to walk there and listen to music and just clear my head. But um, you were never attacked by a squirrel like I was. No, I was never attacked by a squirrel. Okay. That's that, good. How, does, how does that even, like, go down? Well, you know, Dude. I love animals. Eric knows this. He's seen me break out into a full sprint to try to chase down a raccoon. He did. Maybe in the middle of night and I snow. Told, I told somebody the other day that if I seen a baby raccoon, I would raise it as a pit. Yes. Okay. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Are you saying that because you just saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? No, nah, I, I don't know. I've just been seeing people with pet raccoons and like how they act. Like It seems like a little mini... Like a little min, like a little baby, like no. brother or something, like no vermin, vermin. Yeah, yeah, no. This is on TikTok. The the kids know on TikTok. Right? Have you have thing. either of you seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three? Yes, I, I just saw it yesterday, and I cried like a baby, like three times. I'm not yeah. kidding. I was gonna ask how many times. It's a it's well, an I, emotional. I it twice in the span of a week. So it's I, it is. I think it is a remarkable movie. I really do. Did, did you cry as well, CJ? Because I think I cried three times. No, I ain't never been really a type of person to cry like a TV show or a movie. So cold-hearted. Yeah, that's bullshit. Unless I, unless I, like, I'm with my mom and my sister and I look to the left and, like, they they, they got little tears tears in their eyes and I might hit a little, like... <laughs> you'll hit a little... Yeah. You'll hit a little... Just if, if mom and sis are crying, but... What you're telling me, spoiler alert, but you're telling me, I won't spoil it. You're telling me when all that stuff was going on with Rocket at the end that you were not crying when that was happening? I was an absolute mess. I'm getting <laughs> emotional now just thinking about it. Well, my son, my son kept looking at me like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm not okay. Hey. I'm not okay. But I did think, Ward, you and I have talked about a lot of Marvel movies recently that they've kind of like run their course. Yeah. I, 
I felt to- I was like, if they made them like that, they would. I would love every single one of them. I thought that one was amazing. I'm with you. Okay. Are you? Did you love? You saw it twice, CJ. So you loved it, right? I love the movie. I like I, the storyline, the the plot, the action. I feel like it was all a great mission. Like, I, yeah, it's awesome. And by the way, Dave Batista, who plays Drax, former WWE wrestler. Fun fact: We had the same birthday. What is the birthday? January 18th. January 18th. You and Drax. That is a fun fact. Very fun <laughs> fact. All right. Listen, no getting around this. You are trapped in an elevator. The elevator is trapped for like 14 hours. Which teammate, you have to pick one, do you want trapped in there with you? 14 hours, just you and one teammate. I would say KB. KB, because he's funny, right? Yeah, KB. <laughs> like I can, I can envision it. Like if we was on the elevator and like it just got stuck. Like KB had me cracking up like the first hour or two. All right, I like it, Ward. You want to hit the other side? Who is the last teammate you'd want to be stuck in that elevator with? Khalil. Because <laughs> <laughs> why? Because too tall. Yeah, he take like if he decides to lay down or something, like he's taking too much room. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what Khalil reminds me of? Since we're talking about Guardians. He's Groot. Groot. <laughs> He's Groot. That should be his nickname. Got those long arms. He's Groot. I'm going to start calling him Groot. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. I'm going to add one word here, and Great. we won't do the flip side of this. Okay. I like the, I like the elevator one, though. That, that was Well, I'm fresh. sticking with the elevator. Okay. Pick one coach or member of the coaching staff. So like Jordy, Adam Howard, they all count. One member of the staff that you have to be stuck in the elevator for 14 hours with. Oh. <laughs> Woody. That's a you know what? That is a political answer <laughs> and diplomatic. Because I feel like I feel like he has so many connections, like he'll get us out that jam really fast. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like if it. he got stuck, he'll be like, hold on, let me make one call. <laughs> we'll be I like that. Um, okay, so just to to stay on the thread of you and Woody for a moment, I mean, you know, six five, six six, six seven with shoes on, shooting guards from Indianapolis. You know, obviously that was part of the appeal of going there. But is there is there a special bond between you and Woody with those shared traits? And and do you feel like he has even a little more to teach you maybe than some of the other guys at other positions at other sizes? For sure, just knowing we come from from the same city, the same the same place. Um, I feel like I feel like we share that in common through through just understanding each other's games. And I feel like also, um, like Coach Woody's a real tough love kind of guy. And like with with my dad raising me, I feel like that was a perfect transition because my dad's been on me like that my whole life. So just him him coming in and knowing how I want to be coached and and getting to know me and me getting to know him. Uh, I, I don't ask so much more. Did your dad grow up in Indianapolis? No, my dad. My dad's story is a lot of like a little complicated. Like he's from Nebraska. Okay. But I tell people he's from Georgia because like that's where he grew. Like he moved to Georgia, um, like high school around high school. So like that's where that's where he grew up mostly. Got it. Do you? I I, I ask that because obviously Woody is a great example of the lineage of. Indiana basketball players and specifically Indianapolis basketball players. But 
do you know of the stories of people like George McGinnis and Steve Downing? And do you know those players at all? That they go back way before your dad too. But I'm just curious if if those names mean anything to you coming out of Indianapolis. Like I've heard them before, but they don't really have any meaning. You you should look up George McGinnis, who played one year at Indiana, and he averaged thirty and fifteen. Yeah. One year as a fre- well, he was a sophomore because they didn't let freshmen play. This is back in what late late sixties, early seventies. Um, and Steve Downing, and they played for the same high school team. And then they came to Indiana together. But they both are Indianapolis legends, played on the... You know what high school they came from? Oh, where uh, did McGinnis go? Or both of them. Was it not Christmas Attics? No, that was Big O. That was, uh, no, that was Oscar. That was Oscar. That was Oscar. Here, I'll look it up real quick. We should know this. Had to be yeah. a downtown school like... Uh, Washington. That's Washington. right. That's right. yeah, that's not even the school anymore. Right. Right. But, but also to add to his local legend was he was he was then with the Pacers when they were just running rampant all over their opponents in the ABA. And he was he was truly I think it was MVP of the ABA for at least a season or two. And then when they merged with the NBA, he went to the uh, to Philadelphia and was was truly one of the greatest basketball players of the 70s. And um, Hall of Fame, Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, people can talk about George McGinnis the way they talked about LeBron a little in that his physical build, he looked like no one that had come before him. He was was so big and so strong and so dominant. Do a little YouTubing on George McGinnis. I think you'll enjoy it. Do some research on him. All right. 30 and 15 is crazy. Yeah, nuts. (laughs) You're in a dark alley. You see uh, some real just boilermaker bastards just coming at you wearing ugly gear. They got a they got fight in their eyes. They're ready to go. You got to pick one teammate to fight off a, a horde of boilermaker dickheads. Which one player are you picking? One teammate. X. Nice. X, X. has been the answer to that question by multiple people. X, X has got a scary side. Yeah, I, I feel like like if we seen him in the alley, like I kind of look at X, like I give him that look, like, yo, like what's going on, like what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and well, who was it? Who was it that picked CJ? Was it Malik? Yeah, some, it was Malik. Malik. Picked you. Yeah, Malik, Malik picked, you. picked you. I'll be honest with you, I don't see it. <laughs> you just seem like you're too nice and smart to get in a big fracas. Man, I I probably like if they want to smoke if they want to smoke with me or they want to fight me. It just like I ask them like, what you trying to fight? Like, why you want to? Why do you want to fight me? Like, would you say doing? something like, you don't want this smoke? <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say. That. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like a move, like a movie one liner. Yeah, yeah, but but you're wait wait wait, wait. hold on, Ward. Would you say you can't see me? <laughs> For those John Cena fans out there, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> nah, they because then they they catch me off guard if I started doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I I liked the approach of like, hey, and I just kind of talk to these guys, talk yeah, them down. Like, like, why are you acting childish? Like, I ain't do nothing. Yeah, you'll just out and mature them. 
Wait, <laughs> but, but say that has them questioning it, and now they're maybe now they're thinking about it. But you you've got to get you've got to get another teammate in there to like crack some jokes and break the tension. We know who that's going to be. We we feel like it's going to be Caleb. It's going to be KB. But but he's he's he he's out of town. He can't make it to the alley real quick. Who's the next teammate you'd have come in and crack some jokes or do a magic trick? I would say KB, but I feel like KB, like you have to know KB to understand like his humor. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> he's just funny. Like just looking at him is funny to me sometimes. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like ooh, to crack some jokes. It would either be Khalil or mm -hmm. Gabe. Or Gabe. Okay. Okay. Um, by the way, we didn't talk about KB's game. And we saw, like with you last year, where we saw some moments that give us all tons of optimism because of just sheer talent and size and length. Um, KB was one of those guys. What's KB looking like this this summer and, and spring, last spring after the season ended? Man, KB's looking good. Honestly, I think, he, I think he's looking ready. And I know the work that he's put in this offseason and the work that we're going to continue to put in to become better. And I just, I see him, I see him really taking off this year. Love All that. Right, let, let's make sure we're we're touching on everybody. What have you been seeing from Gallo? Gallo, man, crazy man. That's what Coach call him. Coach call him crazy man. Yeah. Gallo just man. He's always he's always just gonna do Gallo, man. He we we already know what to we already know on any given night on any given night what he's gonna give us, and that's positive minutes on the floor, scoring, just affecting the game in so many areas, and so he's he's been doing the same thing that he normally does in practice. Uh, I want to ask you, uh, joking aside here for a second, when I watched um, that Elon game and that clip of you and the dunk uh, at the end of that half, the one teammate that I saw that really came up to you and was in your face, like pumping you up as you walked off the court was Scoop. He yeah. was all over you. <clears throat> and obviously Scoop transferred and Scoop been with us for two years and we had like high, high hopes for Scoop and loved him and got to meet him and, and know him and his family. Um, how hard was that for you? You're a freshman. You know, that's the first team that you know at Indiana. And some of the guys that were on that team, Logan, Scoop, you know, are, not, are no longer Jordan. on a Jordan Geronimo, great guy. How, how was that for you uh, to handle? Man, it was man. I'm, I'm honestly, I miss my brother. You know, uh, Scoop. Like, he was always the one that could make us laugh. Like, if you would have asked me that question last year, talking with the alley, it would have definitely been Scoop. And he just, I, I, man, I'm always have love for him. Um, just I like how we played on the court, on on the court, and even off the court. We just, we just got along so well. But um, you know, every everybody's path's different, and I know at the end of the day, he he he's doing the best thing he sees that's gonna get him to his dream and his goal. So if that's if that's the decision he's gonna make, then I'm rocking with him a hundred percent behind it. Well, and when there is such a big exodus, both through guys graduating, going to the pros, going to other programs, um, and you've got all these new guys coming in, uh, what what do you think in in terms of besides just time on the court, being social together, what what do you see this coaching staff maybe doing or encouraging? to get you guys to be a cohesive unit again, it seems like you, you not starting over completely and you've got this core of guys returning, but does it feel a little bit like this is a brand new team this year? Um, it, 
I wouldn't say it feels like a whole like a brand new team because people like Fino and Trace and Race and and Miller, um, everybody and still X and Gallo and, and that's already on the team that taught me and Leak and, and brought us the culture. Now it's our jobs to pass that culture down to the new guys. So yeah, we, it's it's a new team with new different new playing style. We're gonna have to switch some things up, but at the same time, we still have the same culture and the same feeling within the lock, locker room. How would you define that culture? If if a player was thinking about coming to IU and be like, what's the culture here like? Brotherhood. I like that one word. I like it. Um, I want to ask you a, a somewhat kind of difficult question, but we live in a different world now in college basketball where, as we just talked about, you saw several of your teammates and brothers leave because they wanted, you know, they thought that there was a better decision for them to make. Lots of people enter the transfer portal. I mean, what was it? Over 1,700, 1,800 kids, you know, entered the transfer portal. You did not. Um, I'm just curious when the season ended and you decided I'm not entering the portal, I'm staying here, uh, I'm committed here. What was it that made you not explore other options when we live in a time now where if things don't go exactly how you dream they would, a lot of people are just looking for the exit as quickly as possible. Yeah, so you know, just like signing and verbally committing to Coach Wood and Coach Woody and the staff and, and the program, you know, commitment means something to me. And I'm not just gonna give up just because we faced a miles a milestone. Like if you don't give up on me, I'm not gonna give up on y'all. And so, you know, that that's how I see it. You know, I'm not quick to give up on anything just because stuff doesn't go my way. Maybe it just wasn't my time yet. Oh man, you just, you don't, you not only give me hope for this program, but for your whole generation. Yeah, because most oh. of your generation is really <laughs> fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I got, I got to ask you this again. He was before your time, but he's been around the Pacers for a few seasons now, and now he's coming to Bloomington. Have you gotten to see Calbert Cheney yet? Have you talked to Calbert? Um, I haven't seen him yet, but I definitely got his phone number and I and I called him probably about two weeks ago. And he still he told me he's still in Atlanta just trying to get all his stuff together so he can come back, come back out here um in August, I believe. But you know, he told I told him like he, he's one of the greats to come through IU. So like I want to be under your wing. Anything, like any advice, um, getting in the gym, watching film, like hold me accountable because cause I'm trying to be great. Love CJ. That. You, you, uh, we loved you when we met you last year. We got to know you a little bit over the last year. We got to see you and hang out with you a little at the fantasy camp last year. We got the fantasy coming up, man. It's coming up. What are you, are you excited? Are you, were you on the winning team last year? Were you part of that buzzer beating winning team? I was on, I think they were going against me because we had a team and I was, I was hyped, man. I remember KB got, KB got underneath my skin because I wanted to beat them so bad. Yeah, well, you're going to have a chance for a rematch. If you're drafting and it comes down to drafting me or Ward, who are you going to draft? I might draft. I'll draft you. Who's you? He, he was pointing at me. He was pointing at me. Were you pointing at him or me? <laughs> <laughs> I would take Ward, but, you know, I see some plays where we got to work on your game a little bit. <laughs> what did you see from Eric? <laughs> Eric, Eric, Eric can get you. He'll give you a good, a good rebound. Or he, you know, he. I don't think you were watching those games no. very closely. He's got CJ. a good eye. 
He's got a good eye. He's got a good eye. Well, CJ, look, Fan Fest is coming up. Fantasy Camp is coming up. You're going to be there, uh, maybe participating in three-point contest and dunk contest. Who knows? You you know, you might got to break something out. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Uh, CJ, man, love you and your family. Love what you're about. Love how you carry yourself and represent Indiana and your family and your whole generation, as Ward pointed out. But, man, you know, we we feel every miss of, of of your shot that you had last year. We wanted them to go in so badly. We see how hard you work. We know how badly you want it. We know how much it means to you to play at Indiana and listen to you talk about wearing Indiana across your chest. It is going to start going in. It's going to go in a lot this year, and we still got your back even when it doesn't go in. Uh, just love everything that you're about, man, and love that you're still at Indiana and want to see you grow this year and beyond because you're everything that's right with Indiana basketball. Yes, sir. Thank you. Much love, man. And also, I appreciate you all the work you do behind the scenes for the for the camp and the charity events like that, man. I appreciate that, too. I know that goes unseen sometimes. Well, no, keep hey, talking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this is great. And, <laughs> and look, we're going to get down to Bloomington and we'll all we'll all catch a body on a D later. OK. <laughs> <laughs> that was a guest that was a guest oh wait we didn't do oh you blew it you blew it that's what you get for making fun of me for forgetting my part last week oh boy blew it blew it but you know you're just so happy after a big long conversation with cj you're just kind of riding on cloud nine not really thinking about work I am. I love the guy. I, I love him. And I meant it. Like, you know how, you, first of all, you know how great of a young man he is. We knew that when we met him last year, got to meet him a little bit at the fantasy camp. We knew that when we were waiting to talk to him for the first time last year over Zoom, and we started talking to his dad instead. Yeah. And that was the first time at least I'd ever talked with Chris. And we're like, this guy's great. And then his son jumps in, and we're like, well, this kid's great. These are just fun people to talk to it reminds me a lot we've talked about this before but tom crean used to say we don't just we don't recruit recruits we recruit families that they look he looked for families that had something that were winners that were supportive that were involved but not overbearing that held their their sons accountable you know that taught the right things that were about the right things and i was stuck in my mind when he brought in people like Cody Zeller and Jordan Hulls, you know, and, and the list goes on and on Christian Watford, that it is so important to be able to recruit families. And you're totally right. The, the, the gun family is that they, they are what you want. And yes, the dad, Chris is loud on Twitter. So are we, I love it. He doesn't do anything that's insulting. It's all positivity about the program. It's all positivity about his son and the staff. Does he get upset when we lose? Of course. Who doesn't? But his heart's in the right place. His head's in the right place. And he's raised a tremendous, tremendous young man. He just is, he's just about what you want a young man to be about. I absolutely love him. And I love that he said brotherhood. One word summed it all up. And when you, you just saw how, how happiness just washed over him when we brought up Jalen and Trace being drafted and 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 back to your point about families it was like you know even through the Archie years where we know on the court it was very lean for for as 
painful as Indiana basketball has been often over the last decade plus, you know, post Samson just had so many good young men come through. And now we're in a position where we can really get to know these guys and, and meet their families and talk to them some too. And, and, and it makes it more painful when some of these guys leave early, you know, like sure. Jordan, Jordan and I were getting our legs compressed together at the fantasy camp last year. And we really bonded over leg compression and life in general. So that part of it's difficult, but for, for the guys coming into this program under this coaching staff, you just gotta love not only their game, but even more so their attitude, their personality, their outlook, their maturity, their families, and the way they represent Indiana University. I also love him being able to look back at last year and say, I didn't do enough. You know, and say like, look, I thought I was in the gym, but man, you come to college and you realize, no, there is another level to be at. And I love the self-awareness to to be able to recognize that and then fix it. Um, or, but back... Or back Sorry, go ahead. Well, I was, you know, and I was I was making the excuse for him, which I don't think is completely invalid of like, okay, get in the game real quick and throw up some shots. That's hard to do. But he would have none of that. He was like, well, whatever the coaches asked me to do, that's what I've got to do. And I've got to do better than I did it before. And it's where somebody like me would just make excuses and, and just live with mediocrity. A guy like him accepts the challenge head on and is like, yeah, I'm just going to do what they ask and do it better. And back to what we were kind of talking about before, it's why I, I meant like when CJ missed a shot, it hurt more. Not not just because we need the three points. It really is more than that. It's because you know like how important it is because this kid is so special and you want success for that special kid. Like when Justin Smith missed three-pointers, I didn't give a shit. I just <laughs> wanted him to leave. Like, I mean, sorry, I just, didn't get any warm feelings from Justin when I was at the fantasy camp in 2019 and Justin Smith was there and didn't care about being there, you know, but that also that fantasy camp is where my perception of Devonte green started to change a little bit, you know, because I went there and got to talk to Devonte and he was cool and mm -hmm. he had a real personality. And then obviously years later we had him on the podcast and it changed our opinion of him completely. But with CJ, you know what he's about. You know what he, how hard he's working. You know that he's doing it the right way. So you want it even more for him. And I just have to think that it will come around for him because the oh, kid, he's no, six, seven in shoes. No doubt. No doubt. And just, you see it all the time in the NBA. Um, uh, I forget the guy for the heat who is having trouble hitting it from the outside. Duncan for, Robinson. No, no, no. Um, another Bruce, Max Struess. Yeah. You know, and it's like shooters have this mentality where they're going to go through slumps and they just shoot their way through them. When you're a shooter, it does not matter how many a row you've missed. You're going to throw up the next one you get that's open. And with CJ getting relatively little run and a, a fairly short leash as most freshmen get, um, I just, I have no doubt it's going to start falling for him. And when he does, it's going to go in a lot more often than it did last year. That's all I got. Yeah, no, me too. I'm done. I'm very sad because I'm about to do the end of the show and I forgot to have our guest to do it. So that's on me. He would have done it well too. Yeah. It wouldn't kill you to, you know, help out with a, be a backup. Not my job, bro. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> 
Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I, but the sometimes Y. Yeah, just did it all. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Ward. <laughs> <laughs> From the halls of assembly, you'll hear a scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.